It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Paolo Caro had his superstar night. And I feel like that's all we really should talk about, right? Maybe, I don't know. Another rough night for the Orlando Magic, but a bright night for their future on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 7th, 2023. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Paolo Bancaro has a superstar night. We're going to talk about what Paolo Bancaro did carrying the Orlando Magic into maybe potentially winning the game, and what it means for the team moving forward. We will then break down everything else that went wrong for the Orlando Magic and their 121-111 to 111 loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, uh, no matter who your team is, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single... No matter, or sorry, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast Covering every single team of the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. And and, and please, please uh, give some support to, to our guy, Koo, uh, at Locked On Pistons. Uh, he, he, he needs it right now. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I have had a, I don't want to call it a bet, but I've been running a scenario by a lot of people. Um, I, I ran it on the PSF app. I was watching a game uh, on Wednesday, but, but I've been running it by a lot of people. And, and I was essentially saying, I believe Paolo Bancaro will get a triple double before he has a 40 point game. Um, obviously I'm wrong. Uh, like, Freezing cold, take me later on that. Um, But the reason I I kept making this better, kept making this statement was I wanted to stress to everyone or I wanted to stress to people that we need to think of Paolo Bancaro not only as a scorer, that he is a well-rounded player who can do everything. The Magic use him as a point guard right now with Markel Fultz out. He's bringing the ball up, initiating offense. He's averaging four and a half assists per game. He's flirted a few times with the triple-double already this season. And so I, I often made this statement or, or made this kind of offhanded comment to people, both to like rattle the cages a little bit, but mostly to get people to think of Paolo Bancaro as more than a score. And I still believe that. He will get a triple-double before the end of the season. It is going to happen. 
But sometimes we all need a reminder of exactly why Paolo Bancaro is the dominant player, is, is the potentially humongously strong player that we all believe can be the centerpiece of a championship team. Why Bancaro is the guy that the Magic made the number one overall pick two years ago, or yeah, in 2022. Um, why he is the centerpiece and the most likely all-star for this team. And that is because he can put the ball in the basket. Remember earlier in the season when Bancaro was struggling to score and struggling to, to hit 20 points and everyone was freaking out. And I said, guys, don't worry. Paolo Bancaro was put on this planet to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to put the ball in the basket. Do not worry about him. Then he dropped 30 points, including the game-winning basket against the Utah Jazz, and he had another game-winning basket. He had some, you know, he, he had some big scoring performances. And yeah, Paolo Bancaro's up near 20 points per game all over again, adding and building upon what he did his rookie season, where his scoring was just simply incredible. And yeah, I will repeat this. The first top, the first non-center to average 20 points per game for the Orlando Magic since 2005 when Steve Francis did it. Wednesday's performance against the Cleveland Cavaliers was something else, though. Something that we have not seen with the Magic since, you know, since Steve Francis, since Trace McGrady. Victor Oladipo did it a few times, but never quite like this. Or perhaps never quite with the kind of consistency and, and co constantness that he did. Now, look, Aaron Gordon's had 40-point games. Nikola Vucevic had 40-point games. Victor Oladipo had a 40-point game. There are other 40-point scores, And certainly, this does not feel like the last time that anyone will score 40. But for the first time in a long time, it felt like the Magic had a guy who could simply take over a game, who could simply keep the team afloat, keep the team in it, and maybe, just maybe, win them the game. Orlando has not had a player like Paolo Bancaro in a very, very long time. Like, that bottom line, they have not had a player of his caliber and his capability and his smoothness, frankly, in such a long time. And in a game where nothing else worked, in a game where we're going to go over everything that, that just completely fizzled out in this game, Paolo Bancaro gave this team a chance to win. Gave them a little bit of hope. His final stat line, 42 points, 16 for 26 shooting, 6 rebounds, 10 points in the first quarter, 10 points in the second, 12 in the, 12 in the third, another 10, obviously, in the fourth. On a night when the Magic did everything wrong, Paolo Bancaro was the only player with a positive plus-minus. 9 for 12 from the foul line. He did it all for this team. Two blocks on top of it. He did it all. And as Orlando tried desperately to make up a deficit that they buried themselves in, Bancaro was the one guy that seemed able to keep them afloat. Look, there are plenty of reasons why the Magic were able to cut a 23-point deficit down to six. There are plenty of reasons why the Magic could not get over the hump and turn that six-point deficit into a lead or into a really close game. But none of that falls on Paolo Bancaro's feet. Bancaro did everything humanly possible to keep the magic in this game. 
to give the Magic any glimmer of hope. He kept that door open as wide as he could to let the Magic in. And frankly, the Magic didn't execute on either end to get all the way through the door. It was a frustrating evening for the Orlando Magic. And we're going to talk about all the ways it was frustrating here coming up in a minute. But this is why the Magic drafted Paolo Vancaro for nights exactly like this one. And so while, yes, there is a lot to break down and a lot to clean up and a lot to be a little bit worried about after what the Magic talked to us about over the last two days and what they didn't execute in this game. There are things that were frustrating, but ultimately, what are you going to do about it? But this, this, this game from Paolo Vancaro, that feels permanent. This will not be the last time Paolo scores 40. That I know for sure. There will be plenty more games when the Magic win when he scores 40 because there will be less outlier games than what we saw in this one against Cleveland. And Paolo again showed us what he is capable of doing. How he can be your traditional superstar that just racks up tons of points and carries a team to victory. Carries a team into the game. Couldn't carry them to victory tonight. He's a, he's a young player. He's got to learn. But carries a team and keeps them afloat. He's going to have a lot more nights like this one. And as far as everything else is concerned, what we will remember from this game is not the terrible shooting performance. We won't even necessarily remember the loss. We're going to remember the night that Paolo Bencaro looked like a star, broke through that 40-point barrier, and previewed to us all what he's going to be like when the Magic need him to win a basketball game again. That's, honestly, that's the most important thing to come from this game. There are concerns, and again, we're going to get to them here in a minute. But this was Paolo's night. And as much as I'm sure he wants it to be in a win, and I know he does, I know he is not satisfied with a 42-point game in a loss. This is a big step in his path to stardom. And the kind of stardom... That's going to deliver some major results for this franchise moving forward. It was a loss, however. And as good as Paolo Bencaro was, oh boy, it was a struggle. Let's count all the ways the Magic struggled and build a house with them. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. It is fall, it's winter almost. It's not, it's not even fall anymore. We, get, we don't know. We don't have seasons in Florida. Like, like why do I even try to, to do that? It's still football season, however, and the NFL is heating up on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get a $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't forget that the Locked On Network has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel today. Okay. You got the good stuff out of the way. I'm a positive person. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to talk about good things and be a little happy when we can. And look, like I said, I, I true, I do truly believe this. We're gonna forget the details of this game. We're gonna forget the frustrations of this game. We're gonna look back at the end of the season and remember this game as the first time that Palo Bancaro scored 40 points. Um, you know, got got that one out of the way, like like I said earlier. And and, and there will be more of them to come. We know there will be big nights. When the team know when when Paolo knows the team needs him to do a little bit more, and that's honestly I didn't bring this point out enough. That's what was so amazing about Wednesday's game was you could sense Paolo understood he had to carry this team, that he had to be the one that lifted this team up, and maybe he didn't lift everyone up as much as he could or should have, but he carried a very heavy burden and carried it well. He attacked Jared Allen, got him in foul trouble, got to the foul line, got to the basket. He hit that mid-range jumper along the baseline that was just so nice. Paolo had a complete game. And in fact, the only place where maybe we could complain about Paolo was the same place that we could complain about every single player on the Orlando Magic. Why did the Magic lose this game? There are at least three things to highlight. The first is the obvious one. And you're probably wondering why it took me 13 minutes to dance around this enough to before I just said it. The Magic shot two for 23 from beyond the arc. Um, yeah, it's not good. And it wasn't that they had a bunch of guys who aren't good three-point shooters taking threes. It was Franz Wagner missing all five. It was Gary Harris missing all four. It was Joe Ingles missing his only one. Uh, Cole Anthony was one for four. Paolo was one for five. The Magic missed a ton of threes. And there were some good looks, whether they were out of rhythm or, or, or they were pressing. And, and, and we'll get to the second part of that here in a minute. At the end of the day, the Magic needed to make it make a dang shot. Like, just plain and simple. I don't have my make shot shirt on, uh, the old Northwestern basketball slogan, but the Magic needed to make a shot. And, you know, I, I know I've documented this. Orlando's offensive rating on the road is very terrible. Their defense typically travels. It did not in this one. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but... This this game came down to Cleveland made 14 threes, Orlando made two. And no matter how much the Magic made up for it from the foul line, which they've been very good at, they couldn't make up for it uh, on offensive rebounds and second chance points. This was a game where the three-point math got them. And look, Orlando missed some good looks. And if, if you lose a game because you missed some open shots, you live with it. The Magic got three-pointers to so the guys they wanted to get them to. They did not settle for three-pointers, which I think is really important. This is a low-volume three-point shooting team. They take 
28 threes per game entering the entering the evening. They took only 23. So the Magic were down early. We'll get to that here in a minute. But the Magic were down early. They trailed by as much as 23 points. They were struggling to climb up that hill and get back into this game. They were determined to get to the basket. I'm going to give them a lot of credit for that. Um, you know, they're 0 for 6 in the first quarter, 0 for 4 in the second, uh, 1 for 7 in the third, uh, and then ended up 1 for 6 in the fourth. So again, they aren't taking a ton of threes, um, which is maybe part of the problem. Um, maybe they need to take more threes. Uh, they certainly need to continue to be uh, continue to be aggressive and, and looking for threes and willing to take threes when they come. But at the end of the day, the Magic just needed to make a shot. You know, they're, they're down six. They're, they're knocking on the door. They miss a three. Cleveland, you know, they, Cleveland comes down and hits a three. And, and when you're missing threes at the rate the Magic were missing threes, every three that the other team makes feels like six. It feels double. Um, and so, like, at the you got to make shots. Like, I, I have no other way to describe it. I have no other way to say it. The Magic had to make shots. Um, you can't come back. You can't win unless you're making shots. And Orlando did. The best it could to supplement uh, supplement that and to find ways to get to the basket and find ways to get to the foul line. But, you know, it's hard to win when you're not making threes in this league right now. You know, again, I, I think we got to credit the Magic for the effort that they put in. They got to the line 37 times. They were 27 for 37 from the foul line. Franz Wagner made only three of 16 shots. Still scored 14 points because he got to the line for 10 free throws. He was 8 for 10 from the foul line. Gary Harris was 1 for 7 from the floor, 6 for 6 from the foul line. Orlando found ways to make it up a little bit. So the shooting was big. I don't want to say that it wasn't big. It's the highlight. It's the headline. Everyone's talking about it. The Magic have to be better making shots and making outside shots. Those are momentum-changing plays. Um, But I don't think that's why the Magic lost the game, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think even Paolo... Paolo said after the after the game, or it was Paolo or Jamal mostly said after the game that because they struggled so much at the start of the game, that it caused them to press. And you could see them pressing a little bit, trying to make up ground. They, they were down so early so quickly. And, and so you got a combination of the magic couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, um, if that cliche still exists. And Cleveland making seven of ten three-pointers in the first half, first half quarter. Not first half, first quarter, seven three-pointers. Magic made two for the entire game. That just put the Magic in a deep hole. And, and you know, I think Orlando is really struggling with first quarters right now. Their starting group is really, really struggling to get off to good starts. They struggled against Brooklyn, obviously, giving up 42 points in the first quarter of that game. They were trailing against Washington. They were trailing against Charlotte. They trailed by 12 against Boston, which may be a little more excusable. The Magic are easing themselves in the games too much. They aren't playing with the intensity and ferocity um, that we saw them play with early in the season. And look, it's not about scoring. Like, scoring 20 points in that quarter stunk. But the Magic, de- the Magic's defense wasn't forceful. Um, they weren't playing with a ton of confidence and aggression. And that's the part that's got to change. Um, everyone's talked about it. We've heard several players talk about how they need to come out and be the aggressors. They need to come out uh, with their hair on fire a little bit early on in the game. And, and again, I've said this often, you know, I don't care how much that starting group scores. I care that they set a tone defensively. And I think I was looking at the stat sheet like midway through the first quarter, and the Magic hadn't committed a foul yet. Um, and that's a small thing. Magic only had 21 fouls in the game total. Cleveland had 27. Um, that's a small thing. That's not like a humongous thing. 
but it's just about setting a physical tone. It's just about letting the other team know that you're physically there, that you're physically present, that, that nothing's going to be easy tonight. And that's something this team is missing. Um, you know, we talked a lot about how the Magic need to be better defensively. And they weren't. They, they just plain and simply were not better defensively. Things tightened up as the game went on. They still forced 17 turnovers for 20 points. Uh, things got better as they went on. They gave up 22 points in the fourth quarter, only 56 in, in, the, in the second half, which is a pretty solid number. But they gave up 65 in the first, 37-28, um, 34 in the third. This Magic team has to get back to playing forceful physical defense. And if it costs you a couple fouls, it costs you a couple fouls. I like that the Magic only gave up 20 free throws. That's a good sign. But it's about their identity. And, and again, this is what we talked about the last two days. The Magic getting back to their defensive identity. They didn't have it in this one. Um, that was part of the problem. That was part of this team getting down. And once you're down, now you're you're climbing uphill. It is very hard to climb uphill. It's not something the Magic have done very often this year. And look, Cleveland got hot. Um, they made some tough threes. Um, you know, and so on a night when Orlando could hit anything from deep, Cleveland made some tough shots. But they also outworked Orlando. They had 10 offensive rebounds for 19 second chance points. Orlando had only had 11 second chance points, which is such a big key for Orlando trying to, to make up that three-point deficit. Cleveland had four of those offensive rebounds and 12 and uh sorry, seven of those second chance points in the first quarter. You know, Paolo said it best after the game. Outside of that first quarter, they played pretty well. I don't want to say they played that. I, I don't know if I would say they played pretty well, but they played well enough to win outside of that first quarter. In fact, they outscored Cleveland by seven the rest of the way. So it was just that first 12 minutes that killed them again. Just like it did against Brooklyn when they were climbing uphill the entire game. And, and look, this team fights. Give them that credit, but... We're not in that credit-giving business. We're in the we're in the business of winning games. Of you know, we're trying to make the playoffs here. Wins matter. Results matter. And Orlando did some good things, but very clearly still has a lot more work to do. Again, they threw away one of Paolo's best games, and Paolo had to take on that big scoring burden because no one else was was taking it on for him. And then once Orlando got their defense going. That's when the shot making really hurt them. Um, you know, they if they if they would have made three pointers at their regular rate, you know, let's let's even say thirty three point three percent. You know, if they made, you know, thirty three percent of their twenty three threes, that's eight three pointers. I think. Let me let me double check my math there. If they would have made seven eight three pointers, they made five more three pointers. Five more three-pointers is 15 points and a 10-point and, and game. That matters. So a lot of this game did come down to the Magic making or missing shots. You can live with that result. This game really came down to the Magic's defense not being sharp early. And that's a bigger concern because there's a big injury that we're going to talk about here in a minute uh, that could further upend the Magic's defense and the team's starting lineup. So Magic have their work cut out for them, and we're going to have to see what this team eventually does. We're going to go through the box score, talk about that injury coming up here in just a moment. 
But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Price Picks. Uh, Price Picks is my preferred daily fantasy game. I don't know about you, but I, I love going to Price Picks, picking out picking out a couple of the entries or picking out a couple of the the options that they have putting together an entry and watching the money come in. I usually do a five player entry uh, and you know, all you have to do is get three right to essentially get your money back, which I think is just awesome because the other fantasy games I played, I'm literally just praying to get my money back. I don't feel confident that I'm actually going to get it back. That's why prize picks is my favorite. All you have to do is put together an entry of two to six players and project and predict whether they were score more or less than their projected numbers. Basketball season is here and you can now even pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. I did one of these over Thanksgiving. A league, it's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions. Isn't that fun? Makes your whole weekend a little spicier. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with this insurance policy. So go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA, use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's go through the final box scores. The Orlando Magic fall to the Cleveland Cavaliers, 121 to 111. We talked about Paolo Bancaro. He's obviously the superstar of the night. 42 points, 16 for 26 shooting, 9 for 12 from the foul line, 6 rebounds. Um, again, the only real complaint that I would have, you know, a few too many turnovers, especially early on, just trying to test uh, Jared Allen and test Evan Mobley. But Bancaro picked his matchup. Orlando was hunting Jared Allen on the perimeter. They were getting that switch onto him and letting Paolo just cook him off the dribble, and he was just able to blow right by him. Um, he had that short corner uh, fade away from the baseline that looked really, really good. Just, just made everything that he put up. Um, my only compl- again, my only complaint was in the third quarter he was really rolling and, and just carrying the team, and was just clearly the only offensive option that the Magic had. Cle- and just they couldn't space him out to get the ball moving, and so they were just slowing down the offense completely to run ISOs and run these high pick and rolls for him and. and you could tell that Cleveland was sitting on it, that it wasn't really getting the team into a good flow. Uh, and while, you know, it didn't hurt them, um, it definitely slowed them down. They definitely threw away a lot of possessions just trying to force the ball to Palo and just letting him, you know, having having him just eat up the shot clock in an ISO situation. Magic had to move the ball a whole lot better. 22 assists on 41 field goal makes is okay. Um, but, I, I, you know, I think, I think everyone agrees the Magic could have moved the ball 
a lot better in this one. Franz Wagner really struggled in this one. 14 points on 3 for 16 shooting, 0 for 5 from deep, 8 for 10 from the foul line. Did have 9 assists, did have 6 rebounds, did have 3 steals. So I, I think he contributed well in other areas. Franz's biggest problem was that Evan Mobley was guarding him. Uh, they, you know, I think they they respected Franz and his threat a little bit more than Paolo. So Mobley got the call on Franz. And Franz tried to drive right into him on several occasions. Uh, you know, just a great defensive effort from Evan Mobley. Franz could not work his way around him for the usual shots that he gets around the around the basket. Um, you know, just his strength couldn't push him push him off a spot and create space. Um, so it was just a really rough night for Franz. Um, you know, just trying to find his rhythm and find his way to the basket. So just uh, again, just a really really tough night for him. Um, Anthony Black a really solid night. Eleven points, five for five shooting, made his only free throw. A lot of that on cuts to the basket. Orlando needed movement. They needed some energy. Black really provided it. And they're going to need Anthony Black to be this aggressive and this assertive trying to get to the basket, trying to make things happen um, for the reason I'm about to explain here uh, in just a couple of players. Um, off the bench, Cole Anthony, 19 points, 8 for 14 shooting, 2 for 3 from the foul line, 7 rebounds for him. Um, you know, Again, got himself going, really, really did a good job creating space where Franz Wagner couldn't create space. Um, using his strength, Cole Anthony was able to do so. Was able to kind of blow guys off the ball a little bit, uh, create some create some room at the basket to make his shots. Mo Wagner, eleven points, five for seven shooting. Uh, a solid game from him. Did have three turnovers. Kind of struggled a little bit with some screening. This was just a really disjointed game offensively for Orlando. I'm not you. I'm not totally surprised they shot poorly from three. Um, they just really struggled to get the ball moving, create some of those feet set threes that that the Magic really thrive on. Uh, so the ball was not hopping around the perimeter and not really getting where it needed to go. So, you know, the Magic left a lot on the board and a lot to be desired with, with how they played overall. So here, uh, here's the news that, I, that I've been teasing and didn't really get to. Jalen Suggs left the game in the, in the second quarter. He left the game initially in the first quarter uh, after stealing the ball and kind of, it looked like he kind of stubbed his toe or, or like rolled his ankle a little bit. Left, left the game briefly with, with an ankle injury. Came back in the second quarter and maybe two, three possessions into that stint. Came down hard on his foot. Immediately went to the floor. Immediately kind of leaned up against the basket and, and needed some assistance leaving the floor. He was officially diagnosed with a right ankle strain, not a sprain, a right ankle strain. Um, and his status is certainly up in the air. He's going to get more testing when they get back to Orlando. He ended up playing only nine and a half minutes. To say the least, this is a pretty big loss um, because he's just such an energizer bunny for this team. Really gives them a lot of their juice and 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 kind of picks up the pace when they need it. Like this team wants to, this team plays slow, except for uh, Jalen Suggs. Kind of forces them, kind of nudges them to to run a little bit more and to to get out and transition and seek opportunities to get easy baskets. Um, Jalen Suggs is the heart of this team, uh, and any hope of improving defensively and being the kind of defensive team this Magic team wants to be. Jalen Suggs embodies that. And so this is a major loss. For however long Jalen Suggs is out, and I, I, I anticipate that he's not going to play Friday. I think there's a very good chance he doesn't play Monday against Cleveland either. Um, you know, it's they're going to be patient. And so we may not see him for a week. Um, it's, a bad, it's a big loss. And so the Magic are going to have to scramble, going to have to find a way to fill in. You know, Gary Harris is going to have to play a lot better. He's he's missing threes right now. You know, his his biggest value is his three-point shot. One for seven in the game, 0 for four from deep. I think he's missed his last 15 three-point attempts. He's got to make some shots. He's got to make some threes for this team to stay alive. And, and that's that's going to be a, it's going to be a big absence to not have Jalen Suggs out there. 
The Magic shoot 48.8% from the floor overall, 2 for 23 from beyond the arc, 27 for 37 from the foul line, 11 turnovers for 13 points. Again, some good things. Orlando did win the paint battle 68 to 58, but 58 points in the paint is way too much. Dominic Mitchell with 35 points, 12 for 24, 5 for 10 from 3, 6 for 9 from the foul line. Darius Garland at 26 points on 10 for 18 shooting just really killed the Magic in the mid-range, so those, that's where a lot of those paint points come from. Max Truce at 17 on 4 for 8 shooting from deep. Evan Mobley finished with 16. Jared Allen with 8 points, 11 rebounds in a lot of foul trouble. Mitchell, Allen, and Mobley each had four turnovers. So Orlando, I think, did a good job forcing turnovers, 17 turnovers for 20 Orlando points. But at the end of the day, Magic gave up too much dribble penetration, too much scoring at the paint, really struggled at the point of attack to keep their man in front of them. Donovan Mitchell's tough co- tough cover. Um, and then eventually gave up too many three-pointers. Um, again, 14 for 34 is a good percentage. Not give, didn't give up a great number of raw three-pointers, but when you're only making two, that's just killer. If the Magic had made seven, you know, seven three-pointers, five more three-pointers, we got ourselves a game. The Magic just could not keep up from beyond the arc, especially early. Again, seven of the 14 makes came in the first quarter. That just put the Magic in a big hole, and they were struggling to, to get uphill. Magic, Magic have to make sure they get off to a better start. That's that's just plain and simple what has to happen. They have to, they have to win that first quarter. They have to win those starters minutes especially to give themselves a chance and, and set up their bench to really put the screws on teams, especially who they're playing Friday night in the Detroit Pistons. The Cleveland Cavaliers defeat the Orlando Magic 121-111. Orlando back in action again Friday at the Amway Center against the Detroit Pistons on an 18-game losing streak. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and also myself, the download podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can also check us out on YouTube, if you're not already, at youtube.com slash at Locked on Magic. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. And be sure to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub. Go to patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub. And thank you all again for your support. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Wright. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.